Well, you know what? In theory, this is still a podcast. So uh, <laughs> someday this will be heard for what it is, regardless. We've done, <laughs> we've done we've done shows for nobody before. Oh yeah, same here. Yeah, just ask, just ask Art Luna. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were days when we sold nary a nacho. <laughs> nary a nacho. Yeah. Is that your uh, biography, your autobiography? <laughs> yeah, nary a nacho sold. Nary the Jesse nacho. Jones story. <laughs> Roughly 24 to 92 hours ago, Stab's team of comedy scientists commissioned three specific humorists to give various potentially comedic takes on several random topics, which they will now perform for the first and likely last time in front of a live studio audience in a show called there it is. Stab. Good evening and welcome to Stab, the very definition of overstaying a welcome. Let's introduce tonight's panel. Our first panelist owns and operates a very successful chain of formal dress recreational sports leagues. He's a fantastic improviser and performer. It's Dylan Fox. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. Hello. <laughs> and our oh. second panelist believes that the children have no future. They're a stab <laughs> show favorite. It's Melanie Ford. <laughs> and I'm your host, Jesse Jones, even better than last year's model. That's debatable. Welcome to the Stab Show, everyone. More and more worried that things are unfortunately going to go how they expect. Let's meet tonight's panel. <laughs> Just comb through. Comb through the last two weeks. Uh, Dylan, hey there. Hello. Putting on the chipper voice while drinking painkilling alcohol. <laughs> We're doing good. This we are. isn't a dark episode. We're doing it. It's great. Dylan, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm yeah. happy. Uh, Super happy. Chipper. Nothing happiness here. Yeah, no. We're, we're it's okay. I'm doing good. Cool. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, we went through it in a in the pre-show, but you might have yeah. done something else uh, interesting recently, or is it just sure. uh, is it just a trip? I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got a job. I mean that, yeah. Oh, you got a job. About to, I got a job. Yeah, nice. I'm about to cook some pizzas. Oh shit. Yeah, career noble, move. Noble occupation. <laughs> noble occupation. Uh, I briefly uh, delivered some pizzas. How was uh, that? Uh, it was all right. I yeah. I, I came in. <laughs> I came in hot shit after uh, having delivered KFC for like a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, big leagues. I just came in. Oh, pizzas. Oh, easy. Mm, whatever. Uh, and then they wanted me to wash dishes when I wasn't out there delivering. Nope. Mm, nope. Out of there. <laughs> out of there. Good for you, Jess. You, I, had, you had boundaries. I drive. I don't wash. Uh, <laughs> so, well, that's that's good. Jobs are good. I could yeah. maybe use one of those. Uh, <laughs> I mean, doing all this seems like a job, but maybe not to some. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Dylan. Thanks for being here. Looking forward you, to all of the wonderfulness and or darkness that is to come. <laughs> <laughs> Melanie, hey there. Hello. Hey, good to see ya. Always good to see ya. Uh, how have things been with you? Oh, you know. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Dark episode, dark episode. <laughs> oh, there's so much sadness here. <laughs> I also have a new job, though. I oh. technically went back to an old job, but oh, all right. um, 
Yeah, still, still counts. We work with children, so hopefully none of them Google my name. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So that's all it takes. So I just have to Google, and I'll find. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, all the dark secrets. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, good. Everybody's employed but me. <laughs> uh, employed that's not true. Hearts, Jesse. I'm super, super employed. I'm too employed. Some would say. <laughs> Some might say. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you guys for being here. Uh, unfortunately, we're a short one. Bill Wallace, uh, miscommunications, all sorts of things. He's terribly, terribly sorry to not be here. Um, but we got we got Dylan and Melanie. What more do you need? Don't. Fuck Don't. all is what more. We got what we need. Let's get the show going. <laughs> All right, and unsurprisingly, we begin with segment one. It's reorganization. Oh, baby. <laughs> there, was, there was a time, not very long ago, mind you, that clouds were just used for rain and shape-gazing. When if you needed to get information from one big old lump of technology to another, you had to earn it. And then it was just trapped on the disk forever, and you just had to live with it. Spindles of CDs lived in every computer-owning home. It was horrible. <laughs> but it was the time of the compact disc right once, uh, or CDWO, hyphen, you can use or not. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> since we freed ourselves from that data tyranny, how about we come up with what else CDWO might stand for or represent to us? Dylan. Let's hear your CDWO. Hello there. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the KFUQ Public <laughs> Access Network. Uh, today, I'm going to introduce you to a group of gals who have a fold very near and dear to my heart here at the Clydesdale Women's Origami Center. So come on, let's check out the CDWO <laughs> and crane our necks in support of these wonderful ladies. <laughs> Here, we have our celebrity ex-actress, Barbara. She is 74 and has the gams of Margaret Sullivan, if I say so myself. <laughs> you can see here, she's folding a wonderful origami heart. How wonderful, Barbara. You can tell she has a paper sharp wit. <laughs> Next, we have Agatha working on a beautiful origami bow. She is a passionate young woman of 65 and enjoys visiting lakes with the ducks. Wow, Agatha. What a Chinese hobby. This is, this is Edith working on a fun little origami man. In her spare time, she writes erotic fan fiction about the Iraq War. Oh boy, now isn't that interesting? Talk about smoothing things over. Now, I'm going to show you one of my favorite parts of the CDWO, the origami dioramas. Oh boy, isn't that a mouthful? And no, Edith, I'm not talking about one of your stories. Here, we have Barbara reliving one of her favorite moments on stage with an origami chantou singer. Talk about folding a corner on the past. <laughs> now, lovely Agatha has created a wonderful scene of some beautiful origami ducks taking off from the water. She's so concentrated, it's like a religious practice for her. <laughs> Finally, we have a lo our lovely Edith, who has created a scene of Miss Barbara Bush in the throes of ecstasy, while George W. Bush with origami nipples has a speech bubble saying, mission accomplished. Mm. 
Talk about a paper-sharp wit. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we go, I just want to let each of these ladies say their goodbyes to hopefully get you to come down and visit the CDWL. Barbara? Goodbye, lovelies. Come fold with me. I swear I don't bite. <laughs> oh, Barbara. <laughs> Agatha? Hello, everyone. I really hope you can come down to the center. It really is a wonderful place. Thank you. And now Edith. Corporal Rod Dick, it's Edith. If you're watching, I need your desert storm, baby. Mm -hmm. I've waited 20 long years for you. I've been doing origami to blow away all this pent-up horniness you've left me with. And now these hands urgently need to be the property of the United States Marine Corps, yet again. I will gum you up like an Uzbekistani assault rifle. Come find me, Rod Dick. <laughs> Rar. Talk about coming from a foreign country. Anyway, I hope to see you all down at the Clydesdale Women's Origami Center. Goodbye and God bless. <sighs> all right. That's uh, it. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, uh, no, it's, it's, it's good. It's good. <laughs> uh, I can make you one. I can make you a diorama. If you want, <laughs> no, I'm just. I, to be fair, um, uh -huh. a, as mm -hmm. as everyone should have been, uh, mm -hmm. just a little a little taken aback by the thought of uh, <laughs> desert storm slash. Um, <laughs> but um, positive sad, layer of sad, that sandwich. Yeah, uh, I was going to say. The sad thing is. <laughs> not at all surprised if it existed. Uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's out there somewhere. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if Usenet exists anymore, for, or if that just transformed into Reddit. I'm not sure what, but it, there was there's a forum out there somewhere. somewhere. Oh, well, thank you and uh, curse you, uh, <laughs> Dylan Fox. Thank you, uh, <laughs> Melanie. Let's then now, uh, won't we, <laughs> hear your CDWO. It's well known that capitalism runs on supply and demand. If you overflood the market with your wares, the wares will drop in value, possibly until the value is less than the investment you put into it to make or cultivate it. People honor and mine this system with basically every good that can possibly be distributed. Every single good, except for one. In recent years, the market has become disproportionately and extremely flooded with a supply of low-quality, poorly-made, lowly-demanded penis pictures. Hmm. The body positivity movement was just beginning to erect the artistic reputation of the phallus above its long-hanging status as a floppy <laughs> stock of flesh. Western <laughs> was this close to having the Georgia O'Keeffe of peepees, and then the unsolicited <laughs> proliferated, deflating the almost existent artistic value of the pecker. And today, <laughs> I propose a solution, the CDWO, the Cock Dick Wang Ordinance. <laughs> the Cock Dick Wang Ordinance would require licenses for sending unsolicited prick pics, no. only given the most beautiful shafts, punishing the rest with engorged fines. <laughs> maybe, maybe our generation will not produce gorgeous floral Johnson paintings, but we can set future generations up for success. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right. We're going to see 
We're going to see how many times we have <laughs> we have two Melanies on screen today. Um, yeah, a good a good uh, a good registration uh, uh, order for. I mean, not to brag or anything. Uh, moving on to <laughs> segment two. Uh, it's topical haiku challenge. Oh, we're going to burn through this with just... No, we're going to go at a nice, wonderful, wonderful pace with two great panelists. Uh, segment two is Topical Haiku Challenge. Oh, wait, do I have... I do. Okay, good. I forgot that I needed the music. Um, the 2020, technically, Tokyo Olympics are in full swing or throw or jump or what have you. They're fully doing it right now. And whether you're a diehard fan of the games, uh, when they come around, or you're questioning the point of executing them at all, given the current world situation, you can't deny one thing. They're hella Olympicing right now, yo. <laughs> so, why not let us celebrate these Tokyo games the only way we know how, with strictly regimented Japanese verse as set to an Irish jig soundtrack. Uh... <laughs> Let's hear three haiku each about the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games, shall we? So, uh, we'll start with Dylan, then back and forth, back and forth. Uh, you guys understand how it works. So, Dylan, let's hear your first Tokyo Games haiku. Precise little moves. Years training for this moment. Lame anti-sex bed. <laughs> <laughs> trying to it's there okay I'm counting. I'm counting. <laughs> I ain't cheating I wouldn't cheat oh no I'm not trying to count the the syllables I'm just trying okay. to trying to figure where we are uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I wanted to go to the I wanted to go to the Olympics just to bang uh, my way through the village you know as oh, yeah. any red blooded American mm -hmm. would Mm-hmm. Those, those damn uh, communists yeah. putting the anti-sex beds. Ugh. Ruining our American dream. So terrible. Terrible. If I had finally made it to the Olympics this year, I just wouldn't. I would have left. Uh, <laughs> Melanie, let's hear your first Olympic haiku. Uh, so today my haikus have titles. Oh, nice. First one is titled... Uh, the first one is titled 45-Year-Old White Guy in IT. Okay. I don't have a gold medal because Simone Biles failed America. <laughs> he put all of his eggs in that basket. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we've got a theme developing uh, for one half of this. Uh, or maybe both. Maybe they have different themes. I don't know. Let's find out together. Dylan, let's hear your second Olympic haiku. Tokyo Olympics haiku. You can't do any drugs when you do the Olympics? That's lame as shit. What's well, fun? Cats is one syllable. Sure. That's one syllable. Cats you run one it together. Syllable. Yeah. I only heard one syllable. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, so far, the arguments um, against... <laughs> Are no sex and no drugs. Uh, <laughs> Sticking to what I know. 
All right, Melanie, let's <laughs> let's hear. You know what? It could go in a completely different direction. It could. Let's hear <laughs> your second <laughs> Tokyo 2020 Olympic haiku. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second uh, haiku is titled "27-Year-Old White Guy Who Ghosts His Tinder Dates the Second They Put Out." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Simone Biles is a sociopath. <laughs> this is peak sociopathy. <laughs> <laughs> so it uh in case anybody was uh not paying it didn't go in a in a different <laughs> stayed on that path so far stayed on that path uh that's fine it's not incorrect uh, <laughs> fucking people um dylan how else do the olympics suck <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, whatever else you wrote for your third Tokyo 2020 Olympics haiku. Swimming hella fast because there's no hair on me. Phelps shaved my whole balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's how it works. If you're a swimmer, if you're an American swimmer, mm-hmm. uh, male or female, uh, Phelps just... Just shores you clean, and uh, you don't really get a say in it. You want to be faster? Do you want to be faster? Well, then he's let, earned the right. Then let yeah, yeah. How many medals? How many gold medals do you have? Let Michael Phelps shave your balls. What do you mean they're in a speedo? You know what? Still, there's still drag there. Uh, <laughs> All right, Melanie, let's wrap this up then um, with a very positive, very uplifting uh, third and final (laughs) 2020 (laughs) Tokyo Olympics haiku. Uh, My final haiku tonight is titled, um, 67-year-old white guy who has been completely reliant on his wife of 47 years doing literally any responsibility outside of him going to work in order to stay alive. Simone Biles is lazy! The twisties are an excuse to be lazy! (laughs) Idiot. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Just in case uh, it, it hasn't been made clear over the years, uh, the stab show's official stance is uh, white men are terrible. <laughs> I apologize every day. Um, Sorry. And once again, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> segment three. Closing arguments. Oh, I trot it out every once in a while and hope that people understand what I'm going for. It's closing arguments. Uh, here we are. <clears throat> Your back is up against the wall on this one, counselor. Case seems pretty cut and dry. But you've got a whopper of a closing argument ready to sway even the most already decided member of the jury. And in closing argument, it's your job to try and convince that jury that your client isn't really as bad as they might initially seem. So let's hear it. Change some minds. And I am going to save this one. Uh, this is this one is not going to be wasted. The one that Bill uh, is not here to do. Uh, I'll let you guys know. Uh, Bill was going to be defending uh, that water 
that comes out uh, of the ketchup bottle if you don't shake it up first. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be... Uh, oh, holy shit. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I didn't realize how um, how uh, recently relatable Melanie's was. Uh, <laughs> so, but to get to Melanie, we gotta go through Dylan. Uh, <laughs> so, Dylan. Uh... Let's hear your closing argument in defense of no toilet paper in a public restroom. And just for the sake of imagination, just pretend I look exactly like Tom Cruise. Okay. Sure. Sure. Already did. Fine. <laughs> Fine members of the jury. I think we're all aware of what's at stake here today. A bathroom was made a victim of an innocent mistake could today be sentenced to die. My client, the toilet paperless bathroom on I-5 between the Hooters and Wingstop is a victim. And today, my client could be sentenced to death by demolishment because one man, one selfish, is a gross, and dare I say inappropriate man, my client had a case of sloppy by demolishment. Because one man, Mr. Bathroom, would have liked to have been stalked. Yes, absolutely. You won't find a soul in this courtroom who disagrees with but as my expert witnesses have testified, a truck, stop, a truck stop bathroom does not have one key component of being charged guilty with a crime. And what is that component, you may ask? This bathroom is not sentient. <laughs> but who is sentient, may I ask? None other than Mr. Guanziano himself. Mr. Guanziano <laughs> knew this when he but entered my client that January 14th. Mr. Guanziano knew this when he entered my client, that Mr. Bathroom had absolutely no way to consent, <laughs> had absolutely no way to stock itself full of toilet paper. And yet, Mr. Guanziano knew that when he ordered 14 mango habanero wings, that he was entering a contract with Hades himself, and that just as Persephone took one bite of that underworld fruit and had to pay the price as Hades' bride, Mr. Guanziano <laughs> would have to pay the price of a sloppy old butt. To be honest, I don't even know why we're in a courtroom right now. I don't think you can press criminal or even civil charges against the bathroom. But what I do know is that I'm getting paid. And what I hope you understand, fine, fine members of the jury, is that you represent the beautiful city of Jupiter, Florida. And I know that you'll be able to find the wisdom in your heart that this fine city provides us with. And you will find my client, Mr. Bathroom, not guilty of having no toilet paper in a public restroom. Thank you. Uh, I mean, sure. <laughs> sure. I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, but did sign that pact. For he did. sure. He did. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> but, Your Honor, you expect when you enter a public lavatory that... No. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not picking up the other side with uh, <laughs> with down home southern lawyer. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Dylan. Uh, powerful argument uh, in defense of uh, the indefensible. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Melanie, I I had no idea. I had no way of knowing uh, how relevant this client would be. Um. <laughs> Melanie, uh, let's hear your defense 
of wasps. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, and barely recognized others of the judge and jury. In this land of the free and home of the brave, we function under the belief of innocent until proven guilty without a shadow of a doubt. And I hope in the span of this trial that I have been able to gaslight you enough to make you doubt your own eyes, ears, and memories. After all, was it wasps that ruined the Father's Day picnic you had two months before your father died? Or was it yellow jackets? Do you really know? Are you an entomologist? Of course not. I eliminated all the entomologists from the jury pool week one, day one. Was that, and was that a wasp nest that was built outside your favorite restaurant, resulting in the building being condemned until they actually bothered to call out the pest control company? Or was your favorite restaurant condemned because they only sanitized things on a bi-weekly basis? And it's to this day still unclear whether that's the twice a week bi-weekly or the once every other week bi-weekly. It is uncertain. Do you even know what your favorite restaurant is anymore? Not after, not after all the obfuscation disguised as hard logic I've committed in the last two weeks of testimony. And of course, we learned that wasps do more for our communities than we ever expected, like pollinating, just like their more gentle and reputable cousin of the honeybee. What do they pollinate exactly? We never learned because I vehemently fought to keep an entomologist off this case, even as an expert testimony, mm -hmm. because his testimony would have been absolutely inconvenient. The point remains, <laughs> a prosecution incapable of outmaneuvering my bad faith antics has been unable to prove without a shadow of a doubt the guilt of my clients. I rest my case. <laughs> so there are certain flaws in the justice system. Uh, is, I believe, the crux of that piece. Uh, yay, if you know your way around, nothing has to be true. Oh, God. What is, what is wrong with all of us? Uh, well, thanks. Why do I keep doing this segment? Uh, <laughs> just reinforces all of the worst ideals. Ugh. All right. Well, but moving on to something much more positive and much more helpful. It's segment four. It's review it. Uh, and I'm sorry if we're going to go so quickly with this episode that your friends aren't going to have enough time to raid over. Uh, <laughs> stretch. Um, all right. Segment four. Review it. Some of us go blindly into the world of consumerism, seeing a thing, believing it's good because it should be, and then just buying it. But there are others who meticulously scour reviews, weirdly looking for actual real-world information on the performance of a thing before they make up their minds. Weirdos. But here in Review It, you are asked to compose just such reviews of specific things as their reviews would appear on these specific outlets. Oh, uh, to be fair, to be fair, you guys got the better of the two, or better of, <laughs> better of the three. Uh, I like these. I like these. I'm looking forward to it. All right. <clears throat> Dylan. Uh, I mean, I'm not looking forward to yours, Melanie. I'm not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
But I am. Uh, in the same way that I look forward to Tyler's terribleness I <laughs> and, <laughs> and actual actual uh, shining terrible lights on, on, on the worst of us, that is the same way that I'm looking forward to your piece. <laughs> uh, but Dylan, you know, so much lighter. It's such a lighter subject. Uh, <laughs> let's hear uh, a Rolling Stone review of the couple next door that is always screaming at each other. <laughs> Although they say their relationship is totally fine, you wouldn't be able to tell from the lyrics coming out of this 15-year age gap duo. Based out of the apartment in my complex that for some reason always has their door open, motherfucker and fucking ridiculous bring a whole new sonic understanding to the phrase gaslighting. Whether it's the stunning sound design in the background with sound effects like glass shattering and tracks like did you fuck her? Or the breathtaking tension building in, I have a gun and I'm going to shoot you while you're asleep. Motherfucker and fucking ridiculous are the most adventurous duo to come to the 3 a.m. scene since those fireworks they're still letting off despite it being fucking August. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no, don't be done. I want more. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, so you. good. <laughs> Oh, never cut it short. Always take take your full four to eight minutes. That's what I did. That's what I did. I wrote too long all the time, and nobody could stop me. Uh, oh, so good. God damn it. I could have listened to another five minutes of that. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you. But maybe you know when you need to stop. Like, unlike some other people, I just kept on going editing <laughs> that's for someone who gave themselves enough time uh, <laughs> thank you dylan god damn it so good um and everybody just just box, <laughs> just box your guilt up somewhere and try to be okay with this um <laughs> melanie let's hear a game informer review of systemic racism. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, bros? It's Hunter from Game Informer. On the side, <laughs> review systemic racism. Systemic racism is allegedly, according to the Social Justice Snowflakes, a mandatory free DLC on the living game that creates <laughs> essentially difficulty levels in the game disproportionately and unconsentingly dispersed. <laughs> These blue-haired, never-gamed femoids also argue that there's tons of these free DLCs in the game. You know the ones. Sexism, homophobia, ableism, classism, etc., etc. For the listeners at home, I'm making jerk-off motions. <laughs> <laughs> these prestigeless women's studies majors insist there's lots of proof, too, in the rules of the game, in the attitudes around gameplay styles, and in the moderating of deviant and even non-deviant gameplay. But those of us who aren't kombucha-chugging scrubs know that those DLCs are an urban legend, totally made up so that those of us with the high ranks, like myself, look less good, so that the commie other Kintumbler dorks don't have to get good. <laughs> now, my boss's game informer insisted that this is a real DLC, literally documented in the rules of the game, just like the beta cuck soy <laughs> online that they would be. But my bosses are shills hired by the peddlers of the fan-made critical race theory content to sell more reverse racist middle school textbooks. I am in the top 60% of the living game because I'm good at it. My mom said so, and my 10th grade math teacher said so. 
I'm going to grind my way to that 1% laugh. <laughs> laugh at the prestige-denying, blue-haired kombucha-chugging, social justice virtue-signaling, femoid commie philosophy-majoring, scrub-cup-this-other-kidding shills when I'm at the top, just like I deserve. <laughs> System Systemic racism gets zero stars because it's fake. <laughs> <laughs> If you're uncomfortable, then you're the problem. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What needs to be said? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, and here's, a, here's a rope. Here's an escape rope. Here's, here's an escape rope, Jesse. <laughs> Just hold on. No. Uh, but <laughs> no. So, so good, obviously, first of all. Um, and uh, sort of like. Like last week when I gave um, Ryan King uh, the Department of Tourism like Gen X or Gen Z Topia or whatever it was, um, <laughs> I I understood about eighty percent of that. <laughs> <laughs> Those were words. All of them were words, guys. Uh, <laughs> oh, and sadly. Uh, we have hurtled all the way to segment five. Guys! Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, but you know what? We know Bill. He would not have made the show last that much longer. Uh, <laughs> also about brevity for the most part. Um, well, we're, we're at segment five. It's movie makeup. Uh, an old favorite. The motion picture. It's pretty neat. <laughs> That's all. We don't need to dig that much deeper. We know movies are super-duper keen to the extreme. Saying more <laughs> is just wasting each other's time. We get it. So, instead of just reiterating how cool movies are, how about we make up some of our own? In Movie Makeup, I ask you all to give us your synopses of made-up movies based on the following titles, sourced from some of the various random title generators of our friends at SeventhSanctum.com. They still don't know that we do this, we're not actually friends. So, <laughs> let's make movie magic. Maybe someday I should reach out. You know, like I should in general in my life. But I won't. <laughs> I probably won't. I want to. I'm trying to be better, guys. I'm trying so hard to be better. Uh, <laughs> Dark stab. Dark stab. Woo! Oh, not one, not one white claw, no. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, all right, so... Movie makeup. Uh, Dylan. Uh, I, we're going to go in a similar direction, but I knew that going in. But know what? you know what? Maybe you're going to take it. I would if I saw this just teed up for me. I, you know what? <laughs> Dylan, let's hear your synopsis of the made-up movie Mission Beta. Okay, um, so um, I have an idea for a movie, if it's okay if I share it with you guys. Sure. Um, it's totally okay if you're busy right now or something, but... Okay, remember my purpose, positive visualization. Okay, so what I was thinking would maybe be a cool movie would be like if um, like there was a secret agent and like he had this mission where he had to steal these nuclear secrets from the ex-girlfriend, I mean the, the Russians <laughs> or something, right? 
And he was really embarrassed about what these nuclear secrets would say about his country if other countries found out about it. Like Russia always said that the secrets would just stay on their phone. But there was totally that one time that Russia screenshotted some of America's secrets and meant to send it to the Ukraine, but instead sent it to America. And then America didn't really know what to say. So they just said, ha ha. Uh, but then Russia was like, I was going to send this to my friend, Rebecca. We always laugh at you. And then America still didn't know what to do. So they were just, again, just like, ha ha. And then the two of you broke up because your dog started escaping your house to go stay at Russia's house and you didn't really want to deal with the confrontation with your ex-dog. So you kind of just stopped asking Russia to hang out and they never really seemed to notice. Um, but anyway, like I said, America is worried these pictures Russia has of your, your nuclear secrets are going to be posted in r slash small dicks on Reddit. And you really can't let that happen again because the last time your work found out and America's boss sent the link out in a company-wide email. And like you said, America really can't still deal with conflict <laughs> so anyway like i said you're on this mission for the country of america not for yourself no. and you have to infiltrate russia not your ex-girlfriend's house mm -hmm. who has your dog and you let yourself into the garage because you know her garage code was the anniversary of russia's annexation of her ex chad thundros <laughs> and as you walk into russia's living room you remember your old dog lives there now and you get really anxious because of the fear of confrontation and your hands start feeling like television static and then you <laughs> see your old dog and you start to almost pass out but luckily God gives you a win, and the dog doesn't even look in your direction because it respects you so little, it doesn't even think of you as a person. So you start trying to log on to her iMessages on her laptop, but then you hear Russia opening the garage door. So you try to hide, but you can't find anywhere to hide because you were always really bad at hide and seek as a kid, and all the kids always called you penis hider, which you didn't fully understand at the time, but as an adult, the realization hurts so much more. But anyway, since you can't hide, you just crash your face full face to the nearest window and you just run away faster than you ever have in your life until you realize you can't even go home because what if Russia tries to call the police? So you go to your brother Canada's house and you try to open up about your life to him through the concept of a movie because you never really learned how to relate to other beings through normal <laughs> conversation. Wouldn't that be a cool movie? So cool. That would be, that would be so, that, that, that would be so cool. <laughs> oh lord uh <laughs> dylan with mission beta uh yeah yeah uh <laughs> hey hey dylan uh wonderful uh as always uh where can folk enjoy some more uh dylan fox out in the the wilderness, uh, you oh, know, okay. not in this specific episode of Stab. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at O-H-H-H-E-L-L-L-Y-E-A-H. -L -L -E oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> or you can find me on Twitter at Sudoku, S-E-D-D-U-K-U. That's, yeah. uh, that's a fun little place for me. All right. Uh, yeah, hope to see you guys there. Cool, cool. Well, thank you, Dylan. Oh, thank you for having me. So good. <laughs> I am so prepared for <laughs> for like in the middle of this uh last segment um for just this raid to arrive. Um <laughs> right in the middle of Melanie's final piece here. Uh <laughs> uh well but before we get to that obviously we have to ask uh Melanie where the where we can enjoy them uh doing things uh out either in the world or on the onlines i'm not gonna limit it you tell us yeah 
Um, I, so I still am on Instagram as uh, Malagna, spelled, spelled like baloney, but with an M and a zero. Mm-hmm. And I have a similar handle on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And um, I am um, a new addition to Mix Fits. I don't know when that starts. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and then um, I just did an episode of Nymphomercial recently that should drop pretty soon. Awesome. Um, am I going to have to run into Dylan's space because everything froze? I'm hearing um, you, so you're you. fine. Okay, we can cool, still cool. hear you. Um, yeah, and then I'm I'm gonna I'm tr- I'm I want to bring back friend fiction, so that'll, that'll yes. come soon. I haven't I haven't booked anything yet. Yeah. But, so those are, those are those are the things right now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's finish up this edition of the Sam Show. Uh, movie makeup, Melanie. Let's hear your synopsis for The Impossible Super Foxes. Okay. <clears throat> Multiplicity meets the Avengers. The Impossible Super Foxes is about a superhero team that is all clones of Dylan Fox. We start the <laughs> film with base Dylan, an ordinary enough man, though obsessively and endlessly self-educating. Fed up with a useless police force, he decides to teach himself how to clone himself in order to replace the police with a vigilante team of soft boys. (laughs) Soon, we are introduced to the first clone, which emphasizes his most intellectual traits, the psychic telekinetic genius Dylan. Together, they're able to stop some crime until they hit their limit. Face Dylan has no physical coordination, and neither does the clone. (laughs) In attempting to make a clone that imagines Dylan is physically strong, he accidentally gets distracted, resulting in a physically strong, but also hyper-feminine, hyper-sexualized Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) They fight more crime, but eventually base Dylan has to balance his ordinary life, leaving the team one Dylan short, resulting in genius Dylan deciding to clone himself. This is how we learn that making a clone of a clone is a bad idea, resulting in idiot Dylan. Giving <laughs> Dylan's worst impulses, idiot Dylan pretty much only watches YouTube videos of either centrist Sopranos analysis or Pokemon <laughs> Let's Plays. Eventually, the team has- Eventually, the team has to come together to make one more clone from base Dylan, the Dylan who just has a gun. <laughs> Turns out that Dylan with a gun can do it all by himself better than an entire vigilante team or police force. So the rest of the Dylans just start a ninth wave emo band. The Impossible Foxes <laughs> rated NC-17. Oh, so good. Uh, My heart, Dark Stab went to, to war- Holson Stab. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to have to end this episode real quick because <laughs> it's going to get sloppy. Uh, and that was Stab. Thank you for tuning in, and a special thank you to tonight's wonderful panel, Dylan Fox and Melanie Ford. Now, if you enjoyed this edition of the Stab Show, maybe you'll also be interested in some of the other 278 episodes available via the podcast provider of your choice, be it Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or the good pods app or if you'd rather be here to catch the stab show live in real time well then all you got to do is tune in every thursday at 8 p.m on stab comedy theater tv because that's the place we'll all be in your face and that's all the time we have for tonight i've been your host jesse jones reminding you to cherish those most important to you because you never know man you just fucking never know Uh, (laughs) good night